If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn with me over to Second Timothy, the first chapter and the sixth verse, as we begin to uh, teach you today on a subject I've, I feel is, uh, is important. We're doing the Overcoming series, and and this particular part of the Overcoming series is so important to a believer. Um, it's overcoming fear. Now, fear is a devastating enemy to our faith. Fear can actually wreck the plans that God has ordained for you and the vision that God has ordained for you. Fear is the devil's faith. It's the opposite of God's faith. Fear is the devil's faith. It, it, it works against you, bringing you into a point of no faith, and you're operating in the fear or the devil's faith. And in order, and, and what's happening is you're getting the results of what the devil's faith is bringing. Now, the Bible said in Second Timothy one six, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, fear started with the fall of Adam. Uh, when you begin to look at the Word of God and begin to study the creation and, and what God created in the very beginning, we see where Adam was created by the Lord. God took time with Adam. He spoke the whole world into existence in six days. And, on the, and then he took man and formed him out of the dust of the earth. And as he got the man formed in, in the human body that it was, the Bible says that God breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And he became a living soul. What happened was Adam actually became uh, the very nature of God was put into his body. It was, it, was, it was the life of God, the Zoe life, God's life, that was put into Adam's body. He was literally, and, and I, I don't want you to be offended by this, but Adam was actually, when he was created and the, and the breath of God was breathed into him, Adam literally became the God of this world. He became the God of this earth. God put him in this earth to have dominion, to rule, and to reign, and to be over every other creature, every other, every other beast that he created in this earth. Adam had the dominion over it all. Now, when Adam was, you know, when he, when he began to walk with the Lord, the Bible said that evidently he, he had a, a, a fellowship time with the Lord every day. The Lord came down in the cool of the evening and walked with Adam uh, in the uh, cool of the evening in the garden there and talked with him and conversed with him. And as he did this, uh, they, they, they just enjoyed each other's presence. Now, remember, God also gave Adam Eve and created her to be a helpmeet for Adam. And together, they were to rule and reign in this earth over all the created beings that God had put here. Now, one day, now, and, and time is irrelevant to God. I mean, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. We don't know how long Adam was in the garden. Um, we don't know how many children they had. We do know that right after they were put out of the garden, Cain and Abel got into a little situation, and Cain was jealous over Abel, and he killed Abel and, and hid his body, and his blood yet cried out. And because of that, Cain was driven out from the family and driven out from their presence because of the hideous sin that he did. But but we don't know how long. I mean, um, it, it could have been a thousand years. It could have been two thousand years. It could have been two weeks. It could have been two months. We don't know the exact timing of it all. All we know is that one day the serpent appeared to Eve in the garden, and the Lord had instructed Adam and Eve to eat of everything of the garden, every tree of the garden they could eat of, except one tree. 
And it wasn't necessarily because of the fruit of the tree. It was just an act of obedience that God was placing there. You see, God created man with a free will. And, and, and we've got, we, we have a choice today to serve God. We have a choice today to obey God. We have a choice to do what pleases God. And it wasn't necessarily the tree itself, although this tree was called the tree of, of, uh, uh, of, uh, the, the, knowing good and evil and knowing the knowledge of evil and good. And the Lord said, if they eat it, if you eat of that tree, you're going to surely die. Now, when they were in the garden that day, they, 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 they bypass that tree every day. I don't know how many days, how many months, how many years, but they bypass that tree every day. But one day the serpent appeared. Now I want you to understand something. Either uh, Eve must have conversed with the serpent on a daily basis because she wasn't afraid when the serpent began to talk to her. Now the serpent was a very beautiful creature. It walked on uh, its back legs and, and it was standing there talking to Eve. But what had happened, remember the devil had no legal entry into the earth and every creation of God has a will. The angels of the heaven that God created when Lucifer decided to uh, exalt himself far above God and to dethrone God and to take over heaven, the Bible said God cast him out of heaven and one third of the angels decided to follow him and they decided to submit to Lucifer out of their own free will and they were all cast out with him. Now, he had no legal entry into the earth. Remember, Adam was created to be the god of this world, the ruler of this earth. He was he was to control everything in this earth. And therefore, Satan had no control. He had no legal entry into the earth. The only entry that he had was through an in, uh, through uh, one of the creatures or the creations that God created to submit to the will of the devil. And when when the serpent listened to the devil and submitted to the will of the devil, he became the devil's mouthpiece. He became the devil's voice. And he began to talk to Eve with his usual voice, but it was really the devil talking through the serpent to Eve, and Eve listened to what he had to say. And what the serpent told him was, God told you that you would die, but the truth is you won't die, you'll live. Now, the devil's always going to twist the truth because the truth was they would die. But see, death to them was more physical than spiritual. But really what happened was when they partook of the fruit after they yielded to the serpent and you did, the devil through the serpent and they yielded to that temptation, then what happened was they lost their spiritual life. Death, spiritual death came at that very moment and there was no spiritual life in them whatsoever when they submitted to the devil and submitted to his 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 desire for them to disobey God and they submitted to that and partook of the fruit of the tree that God told them not to then they died spiritually now what is death death is separation from God that's it's, it's separation and when when spiritual death took place they were separated from the presence of God now when the Lord came down that afternoon in the cool of the evening to go and talk to Adam, the Bible said Adam and Eve saw that they were naked and they went and hid, hid themselves and they covered themselves with fig leaves because they were uh, ashamed and they realized that they were naked. Now all this other time, they, would, they had been clothed actually in the glory of the Lord and when the glory of God departed, they realized they were naked. They didn't have anything there. So when they were, when the Lord came down in the cool of the evening, they were afraid and they were hiding. 
hiding from the presence of God. And the Lord said, Adam, where art thou? Where art thou, Adam? And Adam said, I'm over here, Lord. I'm over here. He said, well, what are you doing over there? Now look what Adam said in Genesis, the third chapter and the tenth verse. I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. See, fear entered in at the fall. Fear is the devil's faith. It's the opposite of God's Everything the devil has is the opposite of what God has for you. God has faith. The devil has fear. God has health and healing. The devil has sickness and disease. God has prosperity and blessings. The devil has poverty. See, we, we've got to understand that the devil does not have anything good in him whatsoever. But everything good resides in God himself. But Adam said, I was afraid. Fear came in their heart. And from that day, that day, they begin to die physically because, see, man was created to live eternally without death, any type of physical death. But when they sinned, death came, first of all, spiritual death. Spiritual death brought on physical death. Now, man lived a long time right after that because their body was created to live. They literally had to learn how to die is what it amounted to. They literally had to learn how to die because they were created to live forever. But Fear came in. That's the point I want to make to you. I, he, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. The Bible said over in Luke 21 through 26, talking about the time we're living in, men's hearts are failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. And Hebrews 3, verse 15, talking about what Jesus did for us, he said that I came to deliver them who through fear of death was all their lifetime subject to bondage. So we, spiritual death brought fear, and fear has dominated man. Fear dominates man until they come to God, and they come to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And when that happens, then fear has to leave, even though some people don't know how to combat it, and, and the devil keeps coming back plaguing their mind. And that's what we're going to get into, how we can how we can overcome fear, because God's given you the ability to overcome fear. Thank God for that today. But the, the, the fear is there from the beginning when Adam and Eve fell. Now, it's an evil spirit. It's Satan's faith, as we said in the beginning. Uh, fear entered into the earth realm when Adam disobeyed God. A lack of confidence was brought in at that particular time. And it has to be dealt with for what it is. It has to be dealt with in the spirit realm. Fear is a spirit. Therefore, you have to deal with it in the spirit realm in order to get rid of it. Now, what happened when the results of fear come? Fear prevents believers from possessing the kingdom of God. See, the Bible said, Romans 14, verse 17, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's righteousness. Righteousness means that ability to stand in the presence of God as though you never sinned. It's able to stand boldly in the presence of the Lord. And then peace. The Lord describes peace through the Apostle Paul. Peace that passes all understanding, keeps your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. This is that peace of God. God's peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's that unspeakable joy and full of glory. That's that joy that bubbles up on the inside of you. You're happy when you should be sad. The joy of the Lord is your strength and it just, it just keeps you going and it keeps you going forward in the name of Jesus. This is what the kingdom of God is. Not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now those in fear, what happens is when, when people operate in fear, they seek after earthly things because of their need for security and tangible things. See, when Adam 
Adam and Eve was in the garden, they didn't have to worry about any tangible things whatsoever. They were placed in that garden to take care of that garden and to eat of the produce of that garden. Everything was provided for them in abundance. Everything they ever needed was there. All they had to do was just accept it and believe it and receive it. But then when fear came, fear came, it caused them to go the opposite direction. This is what happens with people today that operate in fear. They seek after earthly things because of their need for security, tangible things. When you see people that are so money hungry because maybe they were raised, raised in poverty. Maybe their mom and dad didn't have a whole lot to offer as far as physical, tangible things uh, uh, like a lot of parents try to do today, working themselves to, to, the, to the bone in order to make it happen. But you know, I've seen people though that they just have a hunger for money. There's what it is. There's a fear of not having enough. There's a fear of. Not. Remember the rich man in the Bible in the New Testament. The Lord said, "This this night your soul's required of you." What he did, he had barns filled with plenty, barns of surplus, and he said, "I need to build new barns. I need to build new barns so I can put more more surplus in these barns." And the Lord's come to him and said, "Tonight your soul's required of you." See, one day we're we're going to leave this earth, and we're not going to take anything with us anyway, because where we're going, we're not going to need these tangible things that we have right now. So therefore, uh, we've we've been worrying and and worried ourselves sick and fretful and fearful over trying to get all of these things in our life because of the fear, the fear that's there. See, Jesus told the disciples not to worry about their life. He told them not to worry about food, raiment, or houses. He said the Gentiles, the heathen, seek after these things. But he said the Heavenly Father knows that we have need of these things while we're on this earth. God knows what you need while you're on this earth. And God is going to make abundant provisions for you and your loved ones and your family while you're on this earth. So don't let fear dominate you and put you in the place of to where you're seeking earthly things because of the, of the need for security and tangible things. Jesus said, Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. See, we, we don't have to worry about where we're going to lay our head. We don't have to worry about food. We don't have to worry about raiment because Jesus said, seek first the kingdom, the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And as we begin to seek after that first, guess what? We're going to have the abundant supply of everything else that we need in our life because that's the way our God is. He loves us. See, fear produces insecurity. Insecurity causes an individual to put their hope and trust in riches and things of this world. It causes a person to hold tight to their possessions and not give unto the Lord. See, when a person has got fear operating in them, now I'm, I'm going to get right down to where we live today, if that's okay. There's, there's many people that realize that the way that God has organized the church and, and, and made, made uh, a way for the church to exist and to do the things that the church does and ministries, what they do is through offerings, through tithe and offerings that are given to the church. Now, there's many, many people in the church. I, I know around the nation and around the world that many, many believers do not give and do not tithe because of fear, fear that's produced insecurity in them, and it causes a person to hold tight to their possessions and not give unto the Lord. But see, 
what Jesus has taught us. You turn loose, God will give you give it back to you in abundance. You, you've got to be able to turn loose. Don't let fear dominate you. Uh, don't let fear keep you from blessing the Lord and blessing others. Because we're, we're, we're in that category of those that are insecure and those that are walking in fear. Jesus made the statement in Matthew 6, Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth, for moth and rust us, uh, d- destroys and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and thieves do not enter in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is where your heart's going to be also. So the Lord is saying, let's don't lay up for ourselves treasures. Let's, let's get out of this tangible mode that we're in and begin to realize God has greater things. Now, listen. I'm not saying that God doesn't want you to have a house. God doesn't want you to have an automobile. God doesn't want you to have groceries. God doesn't want you to have some of the nicer things of life. I'm not saying that. But what we're saying is, when you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all of these things, what things? The things the Gentiles seek after, all of these other things shall come as a matter of course or automatically come because you're putting God first in your life. Now, Fear brings the enemy. Job 3, verse 25 states this. Now, let, let, let's give a little background about Job for just a minute. Over in Job, the first chapter, it talks about Job, how Job was the richest man in the East. It didn't say he was one of uh, Forbes' uh, top ten. He was the richest man in the East. He had everything in super abundance. He had children. He had a home. He had all of the all the produce. He had all of the animals, all of the cattle, all of the things that go with a great ranch or a great farm or whatever he had there. But he had it all. But fear brought the enemy. Now what did he do? He began to pray every day in the first chapter of Job. You'll see where he prayed every day for his children because he said, he said, my children may have sinned a terrible sin against God. Now, I want, I want to bring this down to everyday living. Some of you have children. Some of them are in their teen years and some of them are in their college years and you're 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 fearful that they're going to get into things that they should not get into and because of that fear you're always continually it's always continually on your mind it's what you're always continually praying God keep them God keep them God keep them God keep them but you see what you're doing you've got a, a scared prayer going a fearful prayer going rather than a faith prayer rather than just speaking the word and speaking the confident word and putting that word upon them every day so fear brings the enemy so what happened to Job in one day he had messengers come say you lost all your stock messengers came all your children were killed uh, uh, the, the houses collapsed on them every one of them are dead they're gone and destroyed Job lost everything he had in just a few hours time everything was gone that he had had and accumulated it was all devastated and gone now in Job the third chapter though Job begins to give the reason for what happened this is very important to us as we listen to this the thing in Job 3 verse 25 the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me and the thing that I was afraid of has come unto me so their fear brings the enemy fear brought destruction fear brought death fear brought all the havoc that was in Job's life where he lost everything the Bible said the fear of the wicked shall come upon him but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Praise God. So things that we fear open the door for the devil to attack us, to destroy us. God grants our desires that are righteous. Uh, I had a woman one time come into my service 
that I was where I was pastoring, and uh, she was a practicing witch. She was a practicing witch uh, in the area. It was known. It was a known fact. And she came in that night, and we knew through the reports and everything how she went to go to churches and and uh, and actually put curses on people. And so I got my elders together, and we prayed before the service, and we just joined hands, and we bound the powers of Satan. We bound the power of darkness, and we would not let. We we refused to let that devil operate in our service. Did you know the whole service? She sat there like a, a stuffed toad uh, on a on a on a pod there, and she just sat there and just glared. She couldn't open her mouth. She couldn't do anything because you see the power of God. The greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Thank God for that. Thank God for the victory that's ours. And what happened was she could not operate. But right after the service, as she was leaving, I went down the aisle, and she come to me and stood right in front of my face, and she pointed her finger at me. She said, Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, you've got disaster in your life. Well, I, I just immediately spoke to her, and I said, Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, I'm blessed. And she stormed out of the church building, trying to put a curse on me. And, and uh, you know, Monday went by pretty good. Tuesday went by pretty good. But Wednesday and Thursday, the devil began to just torment my mind with the thoughts that she said, Friday at 3 o'clock, you're going to have disaster. Friday at 3 o'clock, disaster is going to happen. I want to tell you, the battle is in the mind. This is where the devil began to attack my mind in, in this in this thing that this, this witch had tried to put up on me. And I began to just bind the powers of darkness. I began to speak forth the word of God on the blessings of God, health, prosperity, blessings on my family, blessings on the ministry, blessings on everything we had. I just began to speak it forth. Did you know Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock came and went, and I didn't even realize it had come and went like it did. And all of a sudden, it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and I realized I'm blessed. I'm blessed. There is no disaster. There is nothing. Because what happened is I did not allow fear. I didn't allow fear. The devil tried to strike in my heart. I didn't allow it to take root in my heart. And therefore, I was able to come forth victorious. And our church went forward in victory in Jesus' name. Now, see, fear images almost prevented Abram from becoming Abraham. He was seeing himself as childless. Ten years had passed since God promised him a son. But faith began to waver and fear dominates. See, fear fear will dominate a person. When, when, when you know the word of God and you know what God has said and it's not happening in your life, the devil will put fear there. He'll put fear there. He'll, he'll begin. You know what fear is? Uh, one, one person said it's false evidence appearing real. If you just write fear down in a vertical fashion, F-E-A-R, and put false evidence appearing real, that's what fear does. It's false evidence. It's nothing real. There's no truth to it whatsoever. And the devil's just trying every way in the world to get you to a point to where you believe his lies and, and we begin to fall for his uh, deception that he's put in our life. Now, this is how fear enters. It enters through the ear gate. It enters through the ear gate. Now, Romans ten seventeen says this about faith. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, therefore, we, we, we got to see today that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, and therefore fear also comes by hearing, and hearing by words, not the word of God, of course, but words or circumstances, and as you hear, then, then that's false evidence appearing real, and it's beginning to dominate. It enters through the ear gate. Now look what, what uh, Proverbs said in Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22. My son, I give attention to my words. Incline your ear into my sayings. Do not let them depart. Heart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health 
to all their flesh. So we need to pay attention to the Word of God. Give attention. Attend to the Word of God. And say, I'm going to attend to the Word of God. I'm going to let this Word, I'm going to incline my ear to the sands. I'm not going to let them depart from my eyes. I'm going to keep them in the midst of my heart. For because the Word is life to all those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Faith comes through the ear gate. Here, the devil's faith also comes through the ear gate. King Saul and the army of Israel heard the threats of Goliath and were dismayed and greatly afraid. Remember, they were out there in, in the valley, and Goliath, the nine-foot giant, stood up and said, I defy the army of the living God. Send me a man to fight me. I'll show you that we have more power than the men of God. And the men cowered down behind the rocks. King Saul was in his tent. Here come young David. Young David come out, and he he, he began to say, "What's going on, brothers? He, he, what's what's happening?" They begin to tell him the story. He went and told King Saul. He said, "I'll go fight him." You see, because David had had experience with the anointing of God coming up on him. He slew a lion. He slew a bear that took his sheep one night. He slew the enemy that came in to destroy them because the anointing of God came upon him. And he had that same confidence that that same anointing that came on him to kill the bear and the lion would come upon him. To kill the the giant that day and destroy him in the name of Jesus. And he went out there with five smooth stones and he went out and defied that giant and said, today God's going to deliver you into my hand. Today you will not dominate and you will not intimidate God's people any longer. And he, oh of course the giant laughed at him. The devil's going to laugh at you too because he wants to intimidate you. But the thing is, when you stand up with confidence you just go ahead and stand up against the devil he has to obey and submit to you. And what happened was David took that stone and it hit the devil square in the between the eyes, knocked him flat on the ground. David went out there, took his own sword, the giant's own sword, and cut his head off and delivered it to Saul. And because of that, David was promoted. And, of course, David literally became king of Israel after that, after a few years after that. But you, what I'm saying is this. Saul and the army of Israel heard the threats of Goliath and were dismayed and greatly afraid. So fear entered through the eye gate. The natural eyes can only see the present circumstances. All they could see was the present thing. When Peter and the disciples were on the water one night and a storm came up, suddenly there was a storm that came up. And then here come Jesus walking on top of the water, walking on top of the thing, defying nature itself, the thing that could destroy the disciples. He came walking on it, wasn't sinking, walking on top of it. And the disciples were afraid. They said, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. Peter said, Lord, if that's you, if this is really you, bid me to come walk on the water like you're walking. And Jesus just simply said, come on, Peter. He just gave him one word, come. Peter stepped out on the word. See, he stepped out on the word of Jesus. Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped out and put his feet down on the water. They didn't sink. And he was walking just like Jesus was on top of the water because that's what he had requested. If this is you, Lord, bid me to walk on the water just like you're doing. But as he was walking towards the Lord, what happened was Peter was uh, walking on the water like Jesus and then he began to sink when he saw the wind boisterous and was afraid. He began to sink when he saw. So fear enters not only through the ear gate, it enters through the eye gate. What you see will cause you to fear. And what Peter saw was the wind boisterous and saw the waves beating and he began to sink in the water. But thank
thank God he got a quick revelation of Jesus. Instead of saying, if it be you, Lord, he said, Lord, save me. Jesus reached down, picked him up, and they walked back to the boat together. And Jesus gave him a great lesson in faith that day on how not to let fear dominate. You see, the Bible said in Matthew 6, verse 22 and 23, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, then the whole body shall be full of darkness. So the light of the body is the eye. So if you're letting circumstances that you're looking at, circumstances in your life, in your situation, on your job, with your family, your relations, then that's all you're seeing is the negative, then that is going to, you're, you're going to, it's going to cause your whole body to be full of darkness and doubt and unbelief. But if your body is seeing, being single and seeing what God sees, your body's full of light. So you can't keep the birds, as we said earlier, you can't keep the birds from flying over your heads, but you can keep them from building a nest there. Praise God. We, 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 we've got a, we've got, we've got a responsibility today to, to keep our minds clear. Don't let the devil dominate our thinking. Don't let fear enter in and fear dominate. Now, we want to talk about how you can overcome fear. Remember, we said earlier that fear is a spirit. It's an evil spirit. It's a spirit from the devil. And we need to recognize that, number one, it is from the devil. It's from Satan. And we have to deal with it just like you would do with any demon, any demon spirit. You're going to have to deal with it the same way. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He gave the disciples power and authority to cast out devils. I give you power over all the power of the devil, he said in one place. I give you all the power that you need over all the power of the enemy. All you have to do is just take authority in the name of Jesus. So we recognize it's from the devil. And then we recognize the demon and we cast it forth in the name of Jesus. In other words, if fear is dominating your mind today, if you've got a fear of your children um, straying away and not serving God, you've got a fear of losing your job, you've got a fear of not having enough money, you've got a fear of sickness coming upon you and destroying your body, then what you have to do is take authority in Jesus' name and say, fear, whatever that fear is of, fear of losing the job, fear of sickness, fear of your children not serving the Lord, fear of anything that's a failure, and just say, fear, I bind you, I render you powerless in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and I cast you forth in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to let you stay in my body. I'm not going to let you stay in my spirit. You're not going to stay in my mind. I'm not going to dwell on these things that you're putting there to cause fear in my mind. I'm going to overcome this in Jesus' name, and, and you'll see what God will do. I was in Indiana preaching here a few years ago, and there was a lady that had a bad accident, and she had a fear of driving. And she didn't drive for, oh, several months. She just could not even get behind the wheel of a car and, and drive, even down to the store just a few blocks away. She always had to have someone to take her because of the fear. She would just get it she'd be petrified. She'd get in behind the wheel and just and just freeze up her hands would just grip the wheel and just she'd just freeze and just just be petrified because of the fear uh, of because of the accident that she had. She came to service for several services where I was ministering in a seminar and uh, one night the Lord directed me to pray for her and, and she came forward and we began to minister to her concerning the situation and we bound the spirit of fear. We bound it. Now I had her to bind it with me. I had her to get an agreement with me and to speak it with me. And we took authority over that fear. And I told her, I said, now then, the real test is going to come tomorrow. I said, you're going to have to get behind that wheel and you're going to have to prove to the devil that you can do it. You know what? She decided to do that. She got in behind the wheel of that car and she put herself behind it, turned the motor on, her hands gripped that steering wheel, that fear was trying to come back on her, and she said, devil, you're a liar. I'm free from fear. We cast it out 
in Jesus' name. Last night, I am not fearful. I can drive this car just like I used to. And she went on down the road, and she went to the store. She came back home. She drove to church that night, and she was so excited because she conquered fear. Fear could not keep her down. She recognized it. She cast it forth. And then finally, we got to have to practice the presence of God. You see, the presence of God, the divine presence of God forbids fear. See, when you live in the conscious awareness of His presence uh, through much prayer and praise, fear does not have any place to operate in your life. Uh, Psalms 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Though I walk through the valley. See, this is David talking again. He had experience. He experienced these things. He knew what he was talking about. He'd walked through that valley of the shadow of death. And he said, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. See the presence of God and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus said in Hebrew, or the, the Lord spoke, and Paul was writing it in Hebrews thirteen five. He said, talking about the Lord, for he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Psalms 28, verse 1 says, the righteous are bold as a lion. Joshua 1, 9, where the Lord's talking to Joshua after he takes over the leadership of the children of Israel. And, and the Lord speaks to Joshua and he said, Have not I commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. And don't be afraid. Neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go, God is with you. Praise God. Now, Isaiah 41, 10. I'm just giving you a lot of scriptures here as we go along. But Isaiah 41, 10 says, Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Praise God. But notice throughout the word, the Lord says, fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear dominate. Don't let fear take control of your life. The Bible said in Isaiah 26, 3, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. God's perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Today, I hope that what you've heard as we have ministered this word to you and, and you've followed along with us in the word of God, that you recognize if fear is trying to dominate your life and you, you recognize now where your downfall is. What God is saying, take authority. Take authority in the name of Jesus and say, devil, you're not going to ruin my life. You're not going to rule my life. From this day forth, I recognize what you are. Fear is of the devil. I have the faith of God in my heart. I have the spirit of God in my heart. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm seated far above all principality and power and might in the name of Jesus. And I realize I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood, but I've got the power of God. I've got the armor of God on. And you can't penetrate the armor. You can't do what you said you're going to do in my life because I'm not going to be afraid of you. I'm not going to let fear dominate me from this day forth. I'm going to walk forward. I'm going to go forth in Jesus' name. And I'm going to come out of the dilemma I'm in. I'm going to come out of the poverty. I'm going to come out of the sickness. I'm going to come out of the situation of worry and doubt and, and all of these things that's trying to pull me down. I'm not going to let you dominate me, fear, because fear is not of God. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I tell you, friends, today God is with you. God's not forsaking you. He knows exactly where you are. God wants to bless you. God wants you to walk in victory. God wants you to know that fear doesn't have to dominate you no more. And re recognize that you have the spirit of God and not the the spirit of fear in your life. Praise God. I want to pray for you. I want you to join hands with someone that you're with right now. And let's just believe God. Father, we lift up this...
people. We lift up your children. We lift them up in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, we thank you that you said, If any two shall agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done of the Father which is in heaven. And we're agreeing right now with the, every person that's joining hands and believing right now. Spirit of fear, we come against you in the name of Jesus. We bind you. We render you powerless. We cast you forth in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You cannot have the minds of God's people. You cannot operate in their minds or in their lives from this day forth. And we're telling you right now, take your hand off. Take your hand off. Take your hand off their children. Take your hand off their possessions. Take your hand off their their lives. Take your hand off of everything that God's put good in their life. We're commanding you to take your You're bound and rendered powerless now. And we say, flee in Jesus' name. Father, we're going to lift our hands and we're going to praise you. And we're going to let your presence inhabit our praise because in your presence is fullness of joy and there's pleasures forevermore. We thank you, Father, that we're going to live in your presence. We're going to abide in your presence. We're going to praise you. We're going to glorify your name because you are Lord of our life and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.